It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app. Back to the Odyssey app in a moment. But also, remember, we are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Fun morning on uh, the YouTube stream for the Team 980. Uh, we actually had the Junkies on the YouTube stream this morning. So if you missed anything from their annual holiday show, you can go to YouTube.com slash at the Team 980. Uh, click over to our videos. Click on the live section. And mostly it's just, you know, on-demand versions of this show, but uh, mixed in will be the full four hours from the Sports Junkies this morning. Uh, of course, normally they're on Monumental Sports Network on television. Uh, also, uh, on the free Odyssey app, you can, of course, listen to us anytime. You can listen to your favorite podcasts, including Take Command. And uh, just like a lot of your other uh, music and podcast listening platforms, we have done our yearly wrapped. So if you have uh, are, are one of the Hoffman Show's biggest listeners and you know you got you got your Odyssey app wrapped and we're at the top of your list, either the Team 980 as a whole, all of us uh, here thank you or our show in particular, go ahead and share it with us. Social media, uh, at Craig Hoffman on Twitter, at Craig underscore Hoffman on Instagram. Give me a tag. I'll shout you a retweet, a, a reshare on my story on Instagram. Uh, however it is that you use social media, uh, share that with us. Let us know. And we appreciate everyone listening a little or a lot uh, here to us and with us in 2023. So uh, every single week, uh, we're still doing three episodes of Take Command. That has not changed. It will not change this weekend either. Logan uh, is actually not going to be with us for the pregame show, but we are going to do a little postgame live stream on Sunday. Linnell will be with me actually for the pregame show live at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor. Uh, Logan's out of town, uh, but he still has the internet where he's going. So we'll do a little postgame stream right after the game. It'll actually be legit right after as opposed to a little bit later because he's not doing the other postgame stuff that he normally does. So as soon as we go final, uh, we'll head up to our uh, our laptops and Hop on the YouTube stream at the Team 980 and at 106.7 The Fan for the Take Command postgame show. And then Christmas morning, there'll be a, uh, a present in your, uh, your podcast feed if you don't join us live. Uh, but we've changed our Thursday show around a little bit to be a little less preview as obviously the games become less important and a little bit more big picture. And one of the big questions that we've been seeking to answer is, are the commander's receivers still the guys that we thought they were? It, has Jahan Dotson not actually improved and not shown an ability to do the things he did as a rookie as a sophomore? Has Terry McLaurin regressed, or is this an offense that just doesn't feature the receiver position? Luckily, we have someone within the Odyssey family who studies just that. Matt Harmon, who founded the Reception Perception website back in 2013, studies and charts wide receivers across the league. We asked him about his methodology, and then uh, we got into what he thinks of the actual offense and these receivers, and we'll pick up our conversation, the full one, of course, on Take Command, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, we started off by or this part of the conversation by asking him what he sees from Eric Bieniemy and this version of the commander's offense. My problem with this offense is I think they put, like I said, a, they put a lot on Sam Howell's plate. And this is a guy that is uh, his first year starting. Uh, it's the second year in the league. He doesn't have a ton of experience on his belt. But I, I think they don't really give him a lot of, like, layup plays. Um, I think they, again, they want to push the ball down the field. They want to pass the ball a lot. Like, one thing I, I noticed, and, and again, this is talking with our quarterback guy, Derek Klass, and, like, and he posted some good clips of this. Like, in the Cowboys game, and obviously that game went, went to hell uh, later on in the process, but, like, 
Dallas is just lining up like Micah Parsons at the nose tackle spot, like on first and 10. And it's like they, this team doesn't believe you're going to run the ball or like establish a running game at all. They they know you're going to drop back a ton. And this is an offense is really high in terms of like pass rate over expectation if you want to look at those metrics. And I, I think that just puts a lot on a quarterback. It puts a lot on an offensive line that maybe it's not the worst in the league, but I still wouldn't say it's like an above average protection unit. So you know, we're getting we're getting Sam, Sam Howell hit a lot. I don't think he's been great in terms of like second reaction plays. So um, I would like to see them get like, again, put some more of those layups in place, right? Like have Sam Howell just focus in on one read because that's another thing that's been crazy about this offense is like they throw to a ton of guys. Like you look at some offenses and, and they have really quality players. They funnel to like three guys. I mean, San Francisco is obviously an easy example to come back to because they have like four superstar level players in Ayuk, Samuel, McCaffrey, and Kittle. I do think Washington has a great receiver trio in McLaurin, Dotson, uh, and Samuel, but like they involve a ton of players. And I think when you're asking Sam Howell to read out so many plays like that, again, it puts a lot of stress on the quarterback. Like when I, again, when I watch this offense, I feel like there's not a ton of easy buttons and the quarterback is under a ton of uh, a ton of stress, whether it's from a protection standpoint, whether it's from uh, a route standpoint. I just think they've put a lot on his plate. And real quick. So easy buttons. We've talked a lot about easy buttons. Do you have plays that you're like, oh, like because, again, you watch so much offense. that You're like, oh, this is an easy button in San Fran. This is an easy button in Kansas City. This is an easy button in Philadelphia. Do you have those plays? And, and like, can you just give an example for our listeners potentially? Great example. Uh, I think the the best in terms of route combinations and route concepts to open guys up right now is probably in Detroit. Um, they mm. have so many layups for Amon Ross St. Brown. And like you have to have the right players to do this. And I don't necessarily know that um, any of these guys profile as like that power slot player because they don't mm. have a ton of size. There's a lot of smaller players in this receiver room. Uh, you, like Terry's the biggest. And like you said, he's not necessarily um, a big wide out, but he does have to win those like press coverage, big boy routes on the outside. I, I love the way in Detroit, like again, they'll clear everything out, whether you're running like deep corner routes, whether you're just running go routes uh, from the slot. And then the nearest inside slot receiver is St. Brown and he can just run a simple slant, a crossing route. Um, I think another example is in Houston. This player's hurt now, but Tank Dell, even yeah. when he wasn't getting the ball, they would have him run, you know, these big, deep outbreaking routes. And actually, it's crazy because he's a rookie receiver. But to me, he was probably the best receiver on like outbreaking routes this year. But then you'd have Nico Collins come inside as that X receiver uh, running like big dig routes and deep in routes, post routes. And those two guys would work in concert together to, to get one or the other open. And they have a high level quarterback who can read it out. I don't think Washington necessarily like all of these routes necessarily work together. Um, mm. And I think that's been an issue for the quarterback to, to try to constantly be under duress. I think that's fantastic insight, by the way. I think that's a good, that's a really good succinct way of putting it. And I think you see, you know, just like in the in the Houston Texans example, like speak to your player skill sets, right? Nico Collins is a bigger guy. Let him work the middle of the field. You can see that better through the traffic. Tank Dell is a very petite guy, but hyper twitched yeah. up. His route running nuance is off the charts. Like <clears throat> watching him run routes is is spectacular. So let him speak to that outbreaking outcut stuff, the comeback stuff where body weight is going to be kind of like to your advantage, like that lighter body weight, it can really decelerate and come out. So I think that's a, that's a great point. And then just finding 
easy throws in the context of what they do well. I love the example of Amon Ross St. Brown as well. Like they they do such a good job getting him into bunches, getting him in the slot, and being like, we're going to clear this space out. You're great in space. You're going to win this one-on-one. And Jared Goff doesn't have to read. Like He's not reading drive. He's not reading scissors yeah. to the flat. It's just like, this is it. If it's not there, I can check the ball down to someplace else. It's funny when uh, St. Brown was coming into the draft, I called him Bud like Cooper Cup, like at USC, which is funny, <laughs> which is funny because he's like playing as an outside receiver, but you watch him right. even just play as an outside guy and you're like this is a player who should be kind of that big slot receiver like Cooper Cup and then he ends up getting drafted by Detroit, then Detroit's obviously got Jared Goff and like like we were talking about earlier, some receivers just work so well with certain quarterbacks, like a hey, this guy like I don't have to read this thing out, I know this guy's going to be open, and I can just funnel him the ball in the middle of the field. That is perfect for a Jared Goff type of quarterback. So if we take this uh, to like the long-term view for Washington, if you could add something to their receiver room and you know, you've got Dotson, you know, you've got McLaren, Samuel's a free agent. Like what would you, what would you be looking to do to, to make, to kind of optimize this receiver room personnel wise and schematically? I think uh, Logan, you brought the point of about like Nico Collins and how you can see that guy over the field, like a big X receiver to run these in breaking routes. I think that would really help out this receiver room because you can get then Terry McLaurin away from that X receiver spot. And it's not, again, it's not as if I have really any issue that McLaurin can go out on the line of scrimmage as ISO receiver and beat press man coverage. But I think you could, especially as he ages, you know, I mean, he's going to, he, he's weirdly like an older, or he was an older rookie coming into the NFL, sure. right? Can we like, just double click I, I, your points on point, but I just want to make sure the listeners understand. So when you're the X, you're on the ball. So you have to deal with these press situations a little bit more. When you're the Z, you are, you're off the ball and we can motion you around the formation a little bit better, which again, I think would just watching Terry would speak to his skill set a little bit more. So if you get a big hoss out there playing X, think like Julio Jones, Calvin Mike Johnson, Evans right? is the guy that's Mike Evans. Out because he's a free agent. Right. hundred percent. Like those guys, they're big physical dudes. You can see them over the middle of the field and they can like kind of bully corners. Let's get Terry off and let him move around a little bit. But I just want to make sure our listeners understood kind of what you were saying there with the X and the Z stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think a good example of this, cause I mean, you're, you're right to say like, it's good to kind of have these other examples around the league, right? Cause I think it helps you kind of contextualize it. Like, what the Bills have done with Steph Diggs, who's another – I mean, I think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's been one 100%. of the best route runners in the NFL since um, – I mean, he was a big reception perception hit. That was like back in Minnesota. <laughs> it's like this this guy, trust me, like is number one, number two, number three in success rate versus man press every single year. Like he could be an elite production player if he's just in the right situation. Obviously with a great quarterback in Buffalo, that's happened. But you also see them do a lot to like get – him off the line of scrimmage and get him free releases because then yeah his route running and his timing and technique can really be uh can be expressed and and can shine in that way i think terry could certainly do that um and and even like gabe davis is a a very inconsistent player but the bills are content to even if he's going to quote lose these routes out at the x receiver position if he can deal with those press corners and allow Diggs to be off the line it it helps your number one. Like you can have these guys who you maybe you, I don't know if they need to get like a Mike Evans or something like that, because I think Terry and John Dotson are perfectly capable of being like a one and a two on a team. But if you can just get a guy out there to handle some of those X receiver reps and, and maybe eventually develop into a, a high level starter, like I think that's going to go a long way for this group. Interesting. And then is there anything from us? Like, Obviously, they're going to be looking for a new staff, um, specifically head coach. We all assume the enemy is probably not going to be around next year as well. 
Um, you mentioned Detroit. You mentioned some of the other, you know, Bobby Slowick in Houston. You like some of the stuff that they're doing. Given Terry and Jahan's skill sets, is there anything schematically where you'd be like, that'd be my guy for Washington? Yeah, I think those are two guys to, to bring up if you're looking for an offensive play calling head coach. Um, ben Johnson obviously would be a home run. I think a lot, I think he's going to get paid a lot of money. I mean, anybody yeah. that's... Uh, <laughs> I think Josh I don't know Harris is willing to pay a lot of money. That's actually exciting for once here. Right. That, that is good. You're going to need to outbid David Tepper, uh, you know, but he did, he did turn down that job last year. He's, so yeah, Te- Tepper's going to have to pay a Tepper tax. So I'm not concerned yeah. as much about that one. I'm much more concerned about, Hey, you could go coach Justin Herbert. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it's exciting though. If you're an offensive head coach, like, like, like a Ben Johnson, right? Cause I wouldn't say this group is a, is a total blank slate, right? Because you have uh, good players here even in the backfield like I I like what Brian Robinson brings to the table you know as a, as a power back I think that was kind of underutilized at times this year and I I think if you like let's say right now they're I think they're slated to pick fourth in the draft right mm-hmm. um you you look at that and you say okay we, maybe we get a quarterback at four whatever or we bring back Sam next year and like have him compete with somebody like I, I think Sam Howell actually would be much better in offense like that that's going to simplify things like throw to your first read more often don't spread the field a ton with these like four receiver sets you know get multiple tight ends in there right because I think um I I think Jahan Dotson can play slot I think he could play flanker like best utilized there and then you know obviously Terry maybe he plays x and two receiver sets but then moves off the ball to the flanker spot with this other hypothetical big x receiver we've brought in here maybe in the draft whatever like I think something like that where you're condensing the field more is is the best approach here especially if you have to run it back with Howell yeah makes sense to me uh Logan any anything else that you wanted to to follow up on touch on no, love it. I mean, I love the I love the insight, and I guess I don't know how do you you draft. I mean, I'm sure you do college guys as well. Have you done anything with Marvin Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr.? I know there's some talk about him being there at four. Just high level thoughts on him as a player, and is he as good as everyone says? Yeah, I haven't gotten to prospects yet. Um, yeah. it sounds it sound- like you're very busy. If you're doing eight <laughs> games on a guy, it sounds like you're very busy. So <laughs> yeah, no, uh, look- no problem there. <laughs> I'm I'm excited uh, that the draft is supposed to be filled with a ton of good receivers. At the same to- time, though, I'm like, yeah, damn, your boys, your boys gonna be busy. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. also Miller, like Matt. We had Matt Miller last week, and he said he might, he has eight receivers currently in the first round. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be, be a long. long you're like yeah, it's gonna be a long spring. No. <laughs> Not to mention Help. too, the, uh, look, obviously free agency. Uh, the first group that I usually put on on the site in the off season is the upcoming free agents. So mm-hmm. um, even if the guys end up getting tagged, which this certainly could be, that's a pretty good looking group too. You've got T Higgins, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Michael Pittman. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, there's a lot of and by the way, a couple of guys that could fit. I don't know if you need to spend that kind of money on a free agent X receiver, but like Higgins and Evans, these guys are are going to be in that group too of what we're kind of looking for here for Washington. But yeah, that is interesting. Marvin Harrison at, at fourth overall, if he happens to get there, because whatever we're talking about, like, yeah, you could you could have a developmental X receiver to mostly just take pressure off the other guys and stuff like that. You have a prospect like that in there. That would be pretty hard to, to pass up because he is supposed to be that prototypical number one X out there. Yeah, he's he's a potential Hall of Famer is, is the way that he's coming out, which is scary to put on a kid. But well, yeah, a lot of, uh, maybe it's no a little pressure. easier when his dad already did it. Uh all right, so the Reception Perception podcast uh, is out uh, on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the free Odyssey app. And then uh, ReceptionPerception.com and the website, Matt? 
Yes, sir. Yeah, we got three tiers of subscriptions, uh, something for everybody. If you want, like the we literally call our highest tier package the sicko uh, tier, because <laughs> if you want every piece of reception perception data I've charted since 2014, you get it with that package. And that verifiably makes you a sicko if you want that. But <laughs> I, appre I appreciate the sickos who, who do indeed uh, purchase and want that. Logan's package. like, where do I, I sign? It sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. And especially if you're watching that much film to support the numbers because like it's and especially if you're doing it yourself you know i think that's one of the big criticisms of, of some other products out there is that you know you get some people who aren't as well versed in the metrics grading games so that sounds yeah. like a i mean I, I i don't know how much it costs but i'm definitely interested i'll tell you that <laughs> well i appreciate it yeah no um i love doing this it's 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 the reason I got into doing this. And obviously I do a lot more stuff uh, now from, from a media standpoint, but uh, you know, James, who's my co-host at reception perception and my business partner on the site, you know, he's always talking about like, maybe we can get, you know, some other people in here doing the charting work. I'm like, nah, you gotta, you gotta pry that like out of my cold <laughs> dead hands. Cause that's the, that's the part, that's the part that I like. And, and I agree with you, Logan, like you can tell, I mean, Washington's a great example. It's like people is like, why, why aren't these receivers producing when Sam Howe's putting up all these numbers? It's like, well, there's a lot to it beyond just the stats sure. and everything. And that doesn't mean that Sam Howe stinks or like he's holding all these guys back, but there's a lot of context that goes into the situation and being the one to go in and, and, and do the film work is uh, you can tell when people don't do it. And, and look, I, I mean, I, I like doing it and uh, thank God. Cause it is a, uh, it is, it's going to be a busy off season as we said. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you back to, to talk about it, especially if the commanders go, whether it's free agency draft, start signing guys, et cetera. Uh, Matt Harmon reception perception. Thank you, sir. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for job. sure. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is Matt Harmon with us here on the Hoffman show or actually on take command uh, reception perception. Awesome. Odyssey podcast. Uh, you can check it out on the free Odyssey app. You can check it out uh, anywhere else. You get your podcast as well. Uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, still to come here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, we got a whole bunch still to go. Full half of the show remains. Six o'clock, you know that we'll do our pick six. Yes, even on this uh, Jets Commanders Football Friday, presented, by the way, by your local Honda dealer, uh, we will do uh, pick six. Dave Johnson will join us at 6.15. 6.30, we'll preview the NBA's uh, Christmas slate. Some really good games, uh, as there always are. Uh, so that comes up at 630. Uh, but next, Anthony and I will go around the NFL on this football Friday. Again, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. This is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app as Anthony jams out to some T-Swift. Yes, Here sir. On a football Friday presented by your local Honda dealer. Find the power and ruggedness of Honda at your local Honda dealer today. Uh, all right, Anthony, it is time in a moment to go around the NFL uh, which means it's an updated uh, a time to update everybody on the records. Uh, how, which, which after last week, uh, well, it's not as good as we thought it would be on Monday because Sunday night or Monday night, I beg your pardon, we had a uh, an upset. Yep. So we each tacked on an extra loss, but still, uh, still a good week for your boy last week. Yeah, you had a hell of a week. You went thirteen and three. 
Good gracious, Craig. You you did your thing last week. I sadly went ten and six, so I am now ten games behind yours truly, and I gotta make up some ground. You realize yours truly means you, right? Not me. Uh, so you just oh. said you're ten games behind yourself. I'm ten games behind the show. Who the the show is named after? Yeah, that's not what yours truly means. Oh, well, I should have said yours truly and pointed at you. No, that's so inappropriate. I'm 10 games think, behind Craig. There you go. There you go. Think about when you write like a letter because that's something <laughs> we all do in 2023. But you'd sign it, yours truly. Uh-huh. Anthony. Yes. So you're talking about yourself. Well, I'm behind you. Craig. Yeah, by 10 games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So with that, uh, we are both actually one game better because we had the Rams last night. Yes, sir. Uh, so attack one on for, uh, for us there. And then let's dive in to the NFL's first ever full Christmas weekend of football. Uh, you got Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yes, Christmas games. Bengals, Steelers, Bills, Chargers, the Saturday's game or Saturday games. Uh, Bengals, Steelers, Jake Browning and company, three-point favorites on the road. No Jamar Chase, though. Steelers really struggling. All of a sudden, you know, Mike Tomlin, is he on the hot seat? This feels, to me, like a Steelers win. I'm low-key leaning that way as well, Craig. I hate myself Sadly, for it. though. Sadly. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. I wish this was the year that the Steelers finished under 500 because they always, under Tomlin, finish over 500. It's ridiculous. They're fighting each other. Pickens and and what's-his-face, uh, the other receiver who won't block and won't do anything. Oh, they, Deontay. Deontay Johnson. Like, they're all just – it's a badly built roster offensively, yet they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're 4-4 four and four at home. Browning, is he really – Seven touchdowns, three picks, 1,200 yards in what, like three games, four games? This dude is killing it. Can he sustain it? I mean, I think. Without Jamar Chase? I think it's going to call for another huge T. Higgins game. And I think for T. Higgins himself, like he's in a contract year. Uh, He's set to be a free agent. A lot of teams are looking at him as a wide receiver. I think if I'm T. Higgins, if I'm Jake Browning, I'm leaning on him again. And T. Higgins has got to come deliver. I, I think he's um, more than, you know, more, like what meets the eye. I, th- I think he can go out there and, like, single-handedly take over a game like a Jamar Chase. So I think this is a big T. Higgins game. I'm not going to go with the Steelers. I feel sad for uh, for my man Mike Tomlin, though, because I think this is the year they finished under 500. And that first season he will be gone, which is, is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I'm going with the Bengals, though. I don't think they're firing him no matter what happens. I hope they don't. I hope they don't. They have lost four or five, three in a row. Their only win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm just going to hold on for dear life, and I'm going to pick the Steelers. Ooh. I, I won't root for. I'm going to root for myself to be wrong. I hate the Steelers team. Hate them. I'm rooting for the Steelers, but I'm and I'm Mike rooting Tomlin. for Jake Browning. Yeah, but this is the kind of game that Mike Tomlin wins. Yeah. Bills and Chargers. Bills are 12-and-a-half-point favorites out in L.A. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of got to be, right? The Chargers come up off a 63 to whatever that 21 loss. To the Raiders. To the Raiders. 
their first game with whoever's coaching them now? Who is even coaching them? Is their special teams coach, right? Yeah, they didn't couldn't. even elevate Kellen Moore. Nope. Weird bit. I guess they kind of probably took the EB approach. We're like, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to keep our OC doing OC stuff and working. Mm-hmm. But then again, he's working with Easton Stick. He's not even working with Herbert. Yeah, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Bills, Bills all of a sudden look like they're right back in Super Bowl contention. Mm-hmm. I'm One, two, three. Bills. Bills. Uh, Commanders and Jets. Ooh, I'm interested to see where you go with this one, Craig. Jets are three-point favorites at home over a Commanders team that has struggled mightily as of late. The Jets are coming off getting bamboozled 30 to nothing by the Dolphins. They have a top five defense and a bottom three offense. (sighs) I hate to say it. No pressure. I think I'm picking the Commanders. Oh, he said it! (laughs) It's not what I want to happen, if I'm being honest. like I want the top three pick. And if they can lose this game, then that's one. I mean, the Jets are five and nine. The Commanders, you win this. That's another team that you have the same record at. There's like a big group of teams that'll be at five and ten. And we have the the uh, the head to head over them. So when they get the higher draft pick, I I'm actually I so, I was I was saying that last week, and I'm gonna look up draft NFL draft tiebreakers. I don't think head to head is actually the first one. It's strength of schedule, isn't it? That's one. The rules of the draft. Assigning, yeah, strength of schedule is uh, is. Definitely have, on there. Yeah. We have uh, the first one. and foremost, strength of schedule. Uh, team with the lower strength of schedule receive the higher pick. Uh, from there, it goes. Yeah. Then it goes to head to head record, uh, winning percentage in games played within the division, win percentage in common, blah, 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 blah. A lot blah. of tiebreakers there. Yeah. Non conference tiebreak. Yeah. Head to head is always the second one behind strength of schedule. So, yeah. I hate to say it as well, Craig, but I think the Commanders are going to win this game. I'm going to be rooting for the Jets like heck. I'm hoping, you know, Sam delivers. I'm hoping the defense continues to do what they've been doing. Um, But I think the the Commanders, we're, I don't think we're Jets bad enough to lose. Like, that is – but we are, so. They are. I mean, that's the thing is, is you give me one Sam pick six. Uh, a Brees some, Hall. A Logan Thomas fumble. Brees Hall breaks one sixty yarder. Garrett Wilson has Garrett a Wilson, miraculous catch. They they literally put together one other drive where Garrett Wilson has a forty yarder. Mm-hmm. You know that could be thirteen ten easy on that. Like one Brees Hall long touchdown, one Garrett Wilson gets you in a field goal range, one turnover, sack fumble, whatever. There's another field goal. That's thirteen points. Can the Commanders score fourteen against this Jets defense? No. So I, I could don't. definitely see the Jets winning this game, but they are – I mean, the Jets are 3-5 and five at home. Yeah. The Commanders are 3-5 and five away from home. If Zach Crazy. Wilson was playing, I would definitely go with the Jets. Yeah, Trevor Simeon. Wee. All right, Colts and Falcons. Atlanta, two-and-a-half-point favorites with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. They were dogs in this game. The Heineke switch has them elevated to favorites. Heineke versus Minshew. Wow. What a quarterback matchup. Yeah. The 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 matchup of the gunslinging gamblers. Uh-huh. Who's the better gunslinger? I'm going to go with my guy, Minshew. 
I'm going to miss you. I think the problem is, is Taylor's got better weapons. He does. Like at Bijan and the tight Drake ends. London and yeah, the tight ends, plural. Um, if, if he can get the ball in those guys' hands, um, you know, maybe run it, get, use the QB run game a little bit. I think Atlanta should win this game with Gardner not having a full strength Michael Pittman. Um, he is questionable to play. He has the concussion that he's coming off of, but he also had another injury sustained this week. Um, so he's double on the injury report, probably fine from the concussion. Um, in fact, he might have already been clear, but the shoulder injury, I think it is, has got him there. They have not been as good since um, JT went back out. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss has not picked up where he was earlier in the year. He doesn't it's have an in injury de- de- designation either, JT. So we don't oh, know. Oh, is he back? We don't. It was looking as though he was going to be back. That that those were the reports, and now he doesn't have an injury designation. So if he doesn't, that means he should be playing. Yeah, he should be playing. If JT's playing, I'm going Indy. Uh oh. If he's not, I want Atlanta. Okay. I'm on, let me sure, let me, yeah. Can we mark that down? Yeah. Uh, I hate it's. Just, there's just some bad ball that's going to be played this weekend, man. There's some bad ball on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this could be a bad ball game, um, depending on how Seattle shows up. They've played good ball some weeks, bad ball others. Seahawks and Titans, Seattle three-and-a-half-point favorites at Tennessee. They're coming off that big win on Monday night, obviously behind Drew Locke. Geno scheduled to be back. Kenneth Walker is questionable for this game at running back for them, but... I mean, they're mostly healthy. Devin Witherspoon questionable. Um, I think I think I'll take Seattle on the road. Yep. This is the kind of game that they inexplicably drop too. Yep. I was just about to say that, uh, and I think the Titans also just defensively they throw like curveballs that you know sometimes that are tough for some uh, some quarterbacks. And I, you said Geno is playing. Oh, he does not have an di- injury designation. Obviously, he was active on Monday yeah. to the point that we said going off the air, we're like, oh, Gino's active. He's going to play. Yeah. Turns out he was active and wasn't going to play. He's and Locke yeah. pulled it out. Yeah, I still think I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, but I think it's going to be a closer game. I think Derrick Henry's definitely going to want to bounce back after the performance he had last week. Um, and, you know, Seattle's a little susceptible against the run. So I could see a big day, but I think Seattle's going to pull it off in the in the end. I do as well. Lions and Vikings. Detroit, three-point favorites on the road. Divisional game. These two teams will play twice in the Mm -hmm. final three games of the season. Um, I just think Minnesota's quarterback issues have finally caught up to them. You know, they were that Josh Dobbs thing was an amazing story. Obviously, down the tubes that went. Nick Mullins, he's Nick Mullins. Uh, JJ does look like he's going to be back for this one, uh, which is nice. But uh, I, I think the Lions have too much. Uh, Lions go on the road and beat Minnesota in my prediction, Anthony. Uh, I also am going with the Lions. Again, I think these are the kind of games where, you know, Nick Mullins and the, the Vikings quarterback, Carousels, as you said, you know, it's catching up to them. So I want to see the Lions be able to go out there and dominate. I, I don't think this should be a, a close game, especially if you're if you're going to be – a prime contender. If you want to be put in that category, I think this is the kind of game that you can go out there and, you know, easily win. Yes, it is a divisional game, and those are different, but I think that first divisional game, you need to, you know, put your foot down. 
and then the second one maybe will be a little bit closer. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. The other thing, too, that I think worries me picking Detroit for this game is, you know, a guy like Nick Mullins isn't bad mm-hmm. every week. The nature of why Nick Mullins is not a starting NFL quarterback is not that he's incapable of having a very good NFL football game. It's that he doesn't do it very often. Yeah. And so is this a week where he's just on it? And if that's the case, then, you know, Minnesota's got the skill position, talent to compete. Their defense has played a lot better this year after it was the worst in the league last year. Like, there's a lot to like in Minnesota, which is why they've been able to bounce back from that horrid start despite Kirk's injury, and they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, That said, they haven't been very good at home. There's 2-4 and four at home, and the Lions, I think, are legit good. So uh, I'll take I'll take Detroit and take my chances on a Nick Mullins, you know, hot game. Uh, Packers and Panthers, Green Bay, four-point favorites on the road at Carolina, where the Panthers have won both of their games that they've won this season, including last week over the Falcons. Can they make it two in a row, Anthony? I'm going to be rooting like heck for the Panthers. But but I think Go Pack Go handles them convincingly. Um, yeah. I think the, there's probably be a lot of Packers fans there. We know the seats are available down there in Charlotte. <laughs> oh, more than available. But it was also a rainstorm in their defense. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was a terrible day to be out there. Um yeah, I think I think Green Bay's got enough here. Um, Jordan Love, by the way, you know, it feels like oh, he's up and down. Is he having a similar season to Sam Howell? Jordan Love is twenty five touchdowns to eleven picks. Oh, like, but I don't know the last time a Commanders quarterback had a season like that. When he's on, he's like really on though. Like, yeah, and it's just, I think it is the up and down to be honest, because those games where he doesn't have touchdowns, offense doesn't get going. Um, they're struggling to, you know, move the ball at all. And then, like, when it is, you know, he's coming back or, you know, he's going out and dominating, like, on Thanksgiving. Uh, they look like an entirely, totally different team. So maybe maybe it's also the the coaching, though, or the, or the game plan behind it. I, I mean, don't, I don't 100% know. coaching is a huge help. I mean, they are – they are doing a heck of a job, what LaFleur does there. Yeah. Um, for reference, uh, Cousins 2015, 29 touchdowns, 11 picks. Cousins 2016, 25 and 12. Cousins 2017 in Washington, 27 13. Mm. So Love has got 25 and 11. Um, now, granted, he's got like 3,600 yards. Cousins was over 4,000 all three of those years. And in 2016, he damn near 5, threw for 5,000. Yep. Um, but, like, in terms of production, damn. <laughs> damn, he is having a good year. What was Heineke in 2021? Just curiosity. Taylor went 20 touchdowns, 15 picks in 2021 when he started 15 games after Fitzpatrick and played it all 16 after Fitzpatrick's injury. Yeah. So – there's that. Uh, Browns and Texans. Uh, let's see what the injury status is. CJ is out. CJ Stroud, yep, ruled out for Sunday. So, speaking of former Commanders quarterbacks, it'll be Case Keenum again, baby. Case mm-hmm. Keenum versus Joe Flacco. Wow. Who you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Browns. Somehow, somewhere, they're finding ways to win these games, Joe Flacco consistently, you know, just getting the job done. Um, Amari Cooper, big day. 
Uh, but their defense is, you know, they're going to go as far as their defense takes them, man. If, if they can limit teams to, you know, 10, 14 points, I think the Browns every week will have a good chance to go out there and win a game. So I'm going so with the Browns. I, I'm really struggling here because the Browns had no business winning last week. Yeah. None whatsoever. I cannot believe Chicago. Miraculous. <laughs> I mean, just an absolute, which I cannot stress enough how much that stinks for the commanders. Um, I mean, it's good because they'll get a better second-round draft pick. It's bad because that's a game that could have saved Matt Eberflus's job, and I don't want to compete with Chicago for head coaches. Mm. I if, if Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or Frank Smith or whoever is deciding between L.A., Chicago, and Washington as the three best jobs, I think, on the market, I would like to not have Chicago as, as a competitor. Yeah. Get me, like, take them out. That's one less top candidate that you got to compete for. So, damn, that sucks. Uh, that said, the Texans keep finding ways, even with Case Keenum last week. Yeah. Who did they beat again last week? Uh, the Titans. That's right. In the uh, the Oilers. Uh, yep. Unis. Throwback Uni unis. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Cleveland. I I don't know how they're doing. They, the I fact they're 9-5 is actually insane. It's crazy. It's a really well-built roster, which is amazing because yeah. they have the dumbest quarterback contract in the history of the league on their books, and yet mm -hmm. somehow they have built a good roster around it. No wonder everyone, you know, there's two front offices that could have multiple GMs come out of it this year. The Eagles, which makes all the sense in the world, and the Browns, which doesn't until you look at that. Mm -hmm. uh, Jags and Buccaneers. Bucks, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Bucks, yeah, favored over the Jags. Now, that is with Trevor Lawrence being a coin flip type of decision pregame. Obviously, they're not going to flip a coin. They're going to evaluate his concussion <laughs> symptoms, but it is 50-50 at this point whether or not he will play. He was not cleared today, but is listed as questionable and could play on Sunday. Yes, Anthony, we will allow a contingency pick if you would like to take it here. I'm not even going to use a contingency pick, correct? I'm just going to say the Bucks are going to go out there and flat out win this game. You want to know it's wild? You're right there with me. So am I. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I mean, Baker last week, some of the throws he made, bro, were insane. And part of me is like, well, if he was that good last week, the first ever quarterback to go into Lambeau Field as a, as a visitor and have a perfect passer rating, he's probably due for like four picks this week. <laughs> I actually just think that he's playing good ball. The Bucks are playing good ball. They have something to play for. I mean, the Jags do too, but I think the Bucks actually kind of belong. Like if they can, if they can win two of their last three and they they finish nine and eight, is that a, is that something that should win you a division in, in the NFL? No, but they will be a team that was playing well down the stretch. Suffered, you know, they they started or sorry they they had like that really rough stretch in the middle of the season. They started mm -hmm. two and zero. Oh, dropped to the Eagles, beat the Saints, and they lost four in a row and was this six of seven. And then they've won three in a row. And so if they can finish the season on a hot streak, like good for them. Um but yeah, man, it's I just I just the Jags don't do it for me this year. There's something about them. Yeah. Something's off. Hey look I, bad vibes, bad juju. They've been fool's gold to me all season long. I, I haven't fallen for it. Um, the jury's still out for those guys. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Bucks here. Of course, Baker Mayfield playing well. 
Mike Evans. That's my guy. That's that's who I've been watching, man. He's been Having destroying defenses all season long. And, um, yes, I'm rooting for those guys. Cardinals and Bears. Bears four-point favorites. It's an ugly game. It is. It is. It is. I mean, the Bears defense still playing really well despite that, mm-hmm. you know, debacle at the end of the, the week last week uh, or end of the game last week. Uh, I'll take Chicago at home here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears off the defensive line. I want to see Justin Fields go out there and uh, flourish. I want to see him do well. Yeah. I mean, um, Fields, this is kind of a fun, a low-key fun game, Kyler and, and Fields. Is Kyler um, going to be playing? Because last week they started – who did they start? Oh, Clayton Toon. Yeah, Clayton Toon. Oh, they did do that last week. Why did they do that? It's a great. Maybe they're they're trying to tank. Maybe maybe, maybe they've given up on Kyler. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I forgot that that happened. That, we should have talked about that more. Um, this is a weird one too for Commanders rooting interests because you kind of want the Cardinals to win. Yep. Because that could leapfrog you could leapfrog them uh if you lose in the standings for uh the number three pick but also the bears you want them uh again the eber like the bears you could make an argument either way eber keeps his job is good uh them losing means your second round pick that you're getting for them is higher so um kind of a wacky bit there game of the weekend cowboys dolphins miami favored by one and a half at home Cowboys coming off that really bad loss. They have not played well away from AT&T Stadium. Dolphins, meanwhile, are 6-1 and one at home. They're only lost that bizarre ending a couple weeks ago against the Titans. Who you got in this one? It's a great question, Craig. Um, still trying to figure that out. JK, I'm going with the Cowboys. The Dolphins haven't beaten anybody this season. Cowboys got to bounce back after getting destroyed last week. Um and it was one more point. Oh, is Tyreek Hill playing? That is a good question um, and a very relevant one. My guess is yes because he almost played last week. He has listed as questionable, uh, which means he'll probably do the same thing he did last week, go through pregame warm-ups uh-huh. uh, and, then, and then go from there. Um, but also Javon Holland, ha- Javon Holland, Xavion Howard questionable as well, less than ideal against this uh, high-powered Cowboys offense. And yet I'm picking the Dolphins. I Ooh. think this is the week. I think McDaniel is like, hey, everyone says we can't beat a good team. No. I do think this is competitive, though. I do not think that the Cowboys lay another egg. I just think that it's a shootout and the, and the Dolphins win it. Like, what's the total in this game? If Tyreek plays, I think it's going to be a shootout. If, if he doesn't play, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a shootout. Well, yeah. Am I allowed to contingency that if Tyreek doesn't play, Cowboys? No. That seems mean. All right. I'll let you contingency it. All right. Thank you. Uh, Patriots, Broncos. Uh, one, two, three. Broncos. Broncos. Good gracious. These... I'm only one, two, threeing that, not because it's a foregone conclusion, because I Who don't want to talk about that game. Uh, Raiders, Chiefs. Uh, Raiders coming off that massive win. Mm. Chiefs coming off a big win, 10-pointer over the Patriots. Still kind of figuring things out, but they have destroyed the Raiders over the years. I will take Kansas City, who is 10-point favorites, by the way. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with uh, KC as well. KC's Rich- defense has played well, and I don't, I don't think that Oakland's off or uh, Vegas's offense is uh, is gonna. I, I don't know if they have points left after last week. <laughs> nah, they might not. They might have ran all out. Uh, Eagles, Giants, Philly, thirteen and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. They gotta, they gotta get end right. this streak, man. They got, they yeah. gotta end it. People are questioning Jalen Hurts and his leadership, and it's just like, wow. When you start yeah. losing, things just go haywire, huh? Yeah. I'm going with the Eagles, man. They're going to get the job done. 
And then Ravens and 49ers, here's your other game of the Man. weekend. What a finish Christmas present to us all on Monday night. San Francisco, five-and-a-half-point favorites. This game is in San Francisco. Ravens are 6-1 and one on the road, though, Anthony. Um, we'll obviously, well, actually, we won't talk about this game Monday because we're not here on Monday. We'll definitely talk about it plenty on Tuesday. Who you got? I'm going to go with the Ravens, man. I think this is a Super Bowl preview. Wow. No, no, actually, yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens now. I think the 49ers will win in the rematch in the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Ravens, though, for the regular season. A rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, obviously. Uh, the Joe Flacco beats Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Super Bowl, whatever number that was. Yep. Is that 50? No. I don't think so. Nah. I think it might have been, actually. Anyway, the point is, it's a rematch of that one. Uh, definitely could be a Super Bowl preview as well. I will take San Francisco at home. I just think San Fran at home is so good. And if they rematch in the Super Bowl, I'll take San Francisco again. <laughs> uh, that is our journey around the NFL. Our pick six is next. Then Dave Johnson previews Wizards and Warriors here on the team at 980.